You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Enrico with you on signing day. We bring in Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity here on the happy hour. Good afternoon, Aaron. How's it going? Are you staying warm? Because today is brutal. Yes, I'm, I'm good. I am currently inside. I'm inside Memorial Stadium. So as we were saying before we came on air, I live here now, actually. Like, I can't I can't physically leave. I have yeah. to stay here now. That, that sounds sounds like a great plan to stay warm. Okay, so um, let's just – I'll start with a general question. You were at Scott Frost press conference. We've played a couple of his sound bites talking about Casey Thompson and stuff. Just what were your overall takeaways? What kind of stood out to you from, from what Scott Frost had to say? I will say I, I was kind of laughing when he was talking about, like, the narrative not being yep. his of the job being Casey Thompson's because we've talked about that um you know the reality is when you bring someone like Casey Thompson to your program whether or not you want that to be the narrative it is going to be it but we talked about that last week that I still think you know there's going to be competition we would be remiss not to say that there there won't be but you know the things that stood out to me is he's very clear about that on the quarterback competition that there will be a competition and Again, I think that's important. You want to see players compete. That's what makes them better. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't think anyone sees that as a bad thing. But I definitely wouldn't see it or view it as a bad thing. But outside of that, I mean, beyond just even the recruiting things, he gave some updates on you know player injuries. We finally got some clarity on what was going on with Daniel Daniel Cherney and how he will uh, finish out his career at Nebraska or get his degree. But he's going on a medical scholarship. And then we just got like insight on like what he thinks about the new coaches. So I think overall it was a good kind of like set the tone about three and a half weeks before spring football. And I think that's what you wanted from a day like today. We're speaking to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity here on the happy hour on the ticket. And Aaron, I'm curious how much credit should be given to Scott Frost for what he's done over these last three months. I mean, completely revamped his staff. Uh, they, they put together a pretty decent recruiting class after it was looking pretty bleak throughout the course of the season. I I mean, how much credit should we be giving coach Frost and and company here? I mean, he definitely deserves credit. He's the, he's the head coach. He's the person in charge ultimately at the end of the day. But I mean, I've seen it on Twitter and I agree with everyone who has said something, a ton of credit to Mickey Joseph. Mickey Mm -hmm. Joseph has come in and immediately been just an impact recruiter and impact coach. Uh, You're definitely seeing, you're seeing some of these new hires pay off very quickly, at least on the recruiting front. And I think if you were to look at I think one of the MVPs of this staff so far, it would be Mickey Joseph. He has done some serious work. But even beyond Mickey Joseph, you look at some of uh, what Brian Applewhite was able to do today by getting a running back. But then also the fact that Sean Beckton, who is focused on the state of Georgia and was able to help flip, you know, was able to flip the wide receiver from Georgia to Nebraska. There's a lot of like really positives here. But like I said, if you're going to give an MVP status out, definitely give it to Mickey Joseph. But you still have to give, you know, Frost some credit too, because it is his team. He is the head coach. He can't be completely left out of that discussion. We're speaking to Aaron Sorensen, Hale Varsity. Aaron, so they signed two more players, running back and a wide receiver here today. 
that puts them seven over the scholarship limit. What do you see as the future for this roster? There's definitely going to have to be some attrition. We know that to be true. Um, there, that's just the inevitability of it. And I think, I mean, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see where that attrition comes from. But with spring ball on on the horizon, we'll we'll start to see positions settle themselves out quickly. And not, I mean, I don't want to say quickly in the fact that you might know who a starter is come, you know, already before you get to like fall camp. But I, I do think you are going to start to see maybe, you know, here's some players who are rising and maybe some who are staying stagnant. Maybe those that don't feel that they're moving up, move on. Um, obviously there are injuries that we'll see what they look like long-term, but um, overall, I think it just tells us that we're going to see some attrition and I expect to see that like any year at the end of, at the conclusion of spring ball, um, we'll have a better idea, but yeah, I, I would say definitely expect more attrition at this point. I'm curious what your thoughts were on, on Scott Frost's comments about them always looking to see if they could add somebody um, in the portal. I mean, if one, one position group that I kind of think about is like interior defensive linemen, because they lose Jordan Riley to Oregon to, to follow, you know, Tony Tuioti. And now you look at that that interior defensive lineman spot, and it's Nash Hutmacher, Jalen Weaver, and Marquise Black. Now, three guys that there's promise, but little experience, right? So, what where's what were your thoughts on them being up front, saying we're always looking to add talent? You know, it's not shocking. He did say that they're also looking to add somebody who would be able to just evaluate the portal full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he brought up the fact that like major league baseball teams have people who are constantly uh, evaluating and constantly keeping an eye. You're always looking at trades and different things and different options. And so you have um, you have the potential of them looking to bring that person on full time. I've actually jokingly, I, well, I don't know if these people are joking. I've seen people on Twitter already saying, "Where do I apply?" So yeah. that's kind of funny um but I, I don't think that that's a bad thing necessarily with the way that the transfer portal has started to shift college football I think people have to always be looking I think if you aren't you're going to miss out on a potential uh impact player and in some cases there might be spots on your roster like interior defensive linemen where you think you know maybe maybe this would be a spot where if somebody comes available we go and we get them because they could make an immediate impact provide depth or even start I, I just think this is the name of the game now. I think the transfer portal has changed how you have to consistently, inc- I, I guess, yeah, you consistently have to be keeping an eye on that portal. And so it makes sense that they would want someone full-time doing it, but I, they're not the only school that's going to be constantly evaluating. So I think this is just the way that college football is going. And if you're a current player, you're almost not even competing for spots against those that you know on your roster right now. You're competing against spots from potential yeah. players that come in. So I just I think this is the way that college football is going, which Frost did say it. It doesn't really matter what he thinks at this point. It's just the way it is. So it's just how you have to adjust. And I think that's going to also change how players maybe perceive their own spots and their own competition going forward. Okay, so on, taking Nebraska out of the the you know the mix there, what are your just personal thoughts on the transfer portal since you know a year ago? I mean, how how has it shifted? What are your personal beliefs on on the transfer portal if it's good for for college football? I have no issue with the transfer portal. I know this is like well, it's it's one of those things where it's like a controversial opinion to some, but not yeah. to others. I think that's just the nature of it at this point. 
I'm a big believer in the fact that like it's your life. You need to be able to live it and do. I, I don't like the conversation around loyalty and all of this stuff. That if somebody needs to transfer for reasons that are personal to them, whether it's their own mental health, whether it's just not a good scenario, or maybe they see a better opportunity elsewhere, knowing that so many athletes, not just in football, but in other sports are looking for opportunities also beyond just their time in college. They're looking to set themselves up for the future. I have no issue with the transfer portal. I think it gives players freedom. I think it gives players the opportunity to control their their story, their narrative, their futures. Um, it obviously comes with its own downsides, but not having a portal also comes with its own downsides. Not having this would trap players under this guise of loyalty into situations that maybe aren't good for them, aren't good for their mental health, aren't good for this. There are so many scenarios where not having it could also be detrimental. So I, I understand when people are critical of it that there are kinks and things that still need to be worked out and there are going to be hiccups and things that don't make people happy. But I think in the end, it's the right thing for college football and college sports in general. I think it will ultimately calm itself down. Everyone will start to kind of get the hang of what it looks like, especially when teams hire these people to just like sit and watch them. But I, I think right now it's exciting. It's it's this and you're going to see movement, but you know, just like anything, it will find its, it'll find its kind of future path in college football. But no, I don't have an issue with it. I, I know that's not always popular to some people, but mm-hmm. I, I am good with do what you got to do. Live your life. So this is kind of a two-parter question. A couple more before we let you go. We're talking to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. Uh, Nebraska flips A.J. Allen from TCU this morning at 9 a.m. or around that time. Puts him at seven scholarship running backs currently. Uh, I don't know if there's also an update on DeAndre Jackson, who was you know kind of expected to be here in May. I don't know what his status is. I don't know if you have an update on that. So that's kind of part one. But in part two is is what is what are the pros to having seven scholarship running backs in a room that Nebraska hasn't really had um, one guy have consistent success in years past. Yeah, I think with, you know, that is one where like Nebraska needs to find a consistent run game. We've talked about that before. You cannot have your running game. You can't have your run game run entirely through your quarterback. And it won't when your quarterback is someone like Casey Thompson or, um, or Bubba, or Bubba, like, or, uh, I just like completely. Thank you. You were My close. Goodness. You were close My with Pub Bubba. I wanted to call him like four different things. But anyway, <laughs> it, you're not going to have you're not going to have them run the ball all that. So you need your running backs to be able to do their job. Now you need your offensive line to do their job too. But to go to DeAndre Jackson, I don't want to I don't want to misspeak. I, I but my understanding of his situation is he just wasn't eligible for the spring, but still plans to enroll this summer. So okay. as long as things stay on track, if he um, gets himself in a good position, uh, he should be able to. And I think that's ultimately then on him if it's something that he wants. But I know he came out and said, hey, you know, the rumors aren't true. Um, but it just sounds like instead of enrolling, you know, for the spring semester, he'd be looking at enrolling in the summer as long as things go the way that he says they will. So, again, it's now in his hands to make that happen. Um, but it really sounds like Nebraska just wants to guarantee that it has depth and it has – what it needs to be successful at the running back spot, considering it's been a rough go the last few years. I mean, outside of, you know, a couple of you know players here and there, it, it hasn't been consistent. It, it really hasn't been consistent at all. So I think adding to that room and especially giving yourself some like cushion in case things don't go well here or there, 
uh, is not a bad thing. So I'm not surprised to see a large number of players added to this. And I think, you know, it, it, I, this came up a couple of times today from Frost. May the best man win. I understand yeah. that that was used as quarterback, but it feels very relatable to the, the running back spot as well. All right, Aaron, since today is National Women's and Girls in Sports Day, I want to know who your who you look up to uh, as a woman in sports and uh, and why. I look up to so many women in sports. One is Laura Oakman. She is somebody that like I admire so deeply because she doesn't just go out and set a great example as, you know, a broadcaster, but she actively puts the work in. She started the foundation Galvanize, which is actively working to connect women and um get women connected all across the country, but provide opportunities, support women, everything else in this industry and beyond. It's definitely when somebody says I support something, she has put her money where her mouth is and she has created something really foundational. But I I grew up watching Linda Cohn on SportsCenter, so I'm always going to be a big Linda Cohn fan. And there's just so many women that I could sit and rattle off. And we are super fortunate here in Nebraska to have a number of awesome women. One is on the ticket as well. Um, you, you have so many great women who work for TV stations, work on the radio, who work behind the camera, who work for the newspapers, who work for other uh, beats and outlets here locally. And all I can say is keep supporting all of those women. Ellie French, uh, who works for KETV in Omaha, shared a tweet with a number of those women included. Go find them, follow them, support them, because you, we get better when we keep making this space more inclusive. And um, so there's my little spiel for today. But, like, I'm just super fortunate to get to be a part of so many incredible women who work on this beat. That's awesome. Awesome stuff, Aaron. As always, can't wait to talk to you next Wednesday when we get to talk Husker football some more. Appreciate the time as always. As long as I stay warm. But Absolutely. stay tuned. I may still be at Memorial State. Yeah, that's so your we'll house. Find out. That's your house now. So just yeah. make, make yourself at home. Uh, you know, you can probably <laughs> use a, a couple of jerseys, stitch them together, and you got yourself a nice blanket. You know, you, you, you got a bunch of stuff there. Yes, exactly. I'm sure there I'm sure there's Valentinos for you. So uh, appreciate, appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. There's Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. Appreciate her uh, taking some time with us, as always. All right, let's take our final time out. When we come back, call now, 402-464-5685. to the Upside Bar and Lounge for Nick's Trivia is up next. The question, who was Nebraska's highest-rated commit in last year's class, according to 24-7 Sports? We'll do that next. Call now, 402-464-5685. Next up on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.